A majority of people believe they have seen a ghost, poll claims. Three in five people have said that they have seen a ghost in their lifetime, according to this new poll. A survey of 2,000 people found most believe they had a supernatural experience, with 40% saying they thought their pet had had one as well. One in three had either lived or stayed in a house they felt was haunted. When confronted with a ghost, men were twice as likely as women to scream and run away, while other initial responses included crying, hiding, and fainting. We know from experience that year after year, people love to be scared and seek out as many frightful opportunities as possible. If something scary isn't for you or your children, carving a pumpkin, visiting an apple orchard, or going on a hayride can also be great ways to celebrate the paranormal. Survey also identified other fears that give us the shivers, such as snakes, spiders, sharks, and drowning, heights, public speaking, failure, bees, cramped spaces, and rejection. Even though snakes ranked higher than bees on the list of fears by a more than two to one margin, most respondents said they would rather have snakes slither all over them than to be surrounded by a swarm of bees. A couple of ghost hunters say they ran out of a Louisiana property compared to the Amityville Horror House after seeing a black mass that drained their energy and gave them chest pains. Ghost hunter Greg Matlock says after he called out for a sign of a spirit in the house, a door slowly swung open. Fellow ghost hunter Cindy Parr said a ghost had switched off the lights and drained energy in their devices. The duo, who have hunted ghosts for 20 years, claim it is the worst place they have ever stayed in. The house was listed for free on Facebook in March, and it's claimed the owner's great-grandmother haunted it. The Louisiana home that has been compared to the Amityville House, the House of Horror, of course, in Amityville, that is. The two ghost hunters in Louisiana have said they ran out of the home and have been comparing this house to the Amityville House. They were spooked by the paranormal activity. Don Vallat de Clout listed the 1930s property for free in March, and locals claim that the owner's great-grandmother Adele haunts the place. On a recent visit, Cindy Parr and Greg Matlock appeared to confirm the dead may be among them. They basically closed themselves off in this property during this pandemic lockdown and had a bird's-eye view of the activities and the going-ons in the house from morning, noon, and night. The footage obtained by the son, the pair who have hunted ghosts for 20 years, are heard reacting in surprise as they get a spook. What a way to word that. Matlock is heard calling out down a hallway for a sign of the spirit's presence.
Matlock and Cindy Parr say they were spooked out of the house and began running away. The two-story home was built in the late 1920s to 1930s and housed several generations of a family over the years. Matlock said he called out for a sign. The door swung open and then abruptly slammed. He is then heard apologizing and says there's definitely something here. He didn't want to upset it any further. So they ran out when things got heated. And now a word from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Quarantining with a ghost, it's scary. For those who believe they're locked down with a spectral roommate, the pandemic has been less isolating than they bargained for. It started with the front door. Adrian Gomez lives with his partner in Los Angeles, where their first few days of sheltering in place for the coronavirus pandemic proved uneventful. They worked remotely, baked, took a two-mile walk each morning, and refinished their porcelain kitchen sink. But then one night, the doorknob began to rattle vigorously, so loud he could hear it from across the apartment. Yet no one was there. In mid-April, Mr. Gomez was in bed when a nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely, despite the fact that the window was closed. An adjacent window shade remained perfectly still. The cats were all accounted for, and no bug nor bird or any other small creature had gotten stuck in there. That, Mr. Gomez thought at that point, it was perhaps a small earthquake. I very seriously hid myself under the comforter like you see in horror movies because it really did freak me out a little, he said. Now, though, neither he nor his partner noticed any unexpected or unexplained activity at home before this, the couple can distinctly make out footsteps above their heads. No one lives above them. I'm a fairly rational person, said Mr. Gomez, who is 26 and works in IT support. I try to think, what are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this? But when I don't have those answers, I start to think maybe something else is going on. They are not alone, possibly in more ways than one. For those who experience the self-isolation, it involves what they believe to be a ghost. Their days are not just by Zoom meetings and punctuated under that or homeschooling, but by disembodied voices, shadowy figures, misbehaving electronics, invisible cats, cozying up to them on the couch, caresses from hands that aren't there, and even in some cases, to borrow the technical parlance of Ghostbusters, free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparitions. Some of these people are beyond frightened, and of course, others say they just appreciate the company. There is no scientific evidence for the existence of ghosts, a fact that has little bearing on our collective enthusiasm for them. According to a 2019 YouGov survey, 45% of U.S. adults believe in ghosts. In 2009, the Pew Research Center found that 18% of Americans believe themselves to have seen or otherwise encountered 
Before stay-at-home restrictions in New York, Patrick Hens, 42, left Manhattan with his husband and daughter to spend six weeks at an adorable cottage in western Massachusetts that they rented in on an uh, Airbnb. One night, Mr. Hens woke up around 3 a.m., the 3 a.m. time. We've been over this before. Thirsty for a glass of water. He said he walked into the kitchen and saw a white man in his 50s wearing a well-worn World War II-era military uniform and cap sitting at the table. It seemed perfectly normal in the split second before I realized, wait, what's happening? And I turned to look, but he was gone, said Mr. Hens, who is the host of the podcast True Crime Obsessed. It didn't feel menacing at all. It almost didn't even occur to me to tell my husband the next morning. If you were to accept the premise that ghosts are real, it stands to reason that some tension would naturally result once their flesh and blood roommates start spending much, much more time at home together. The not-so-passive Pacific. The Pacific Theater was the scene of World War II's most violent battles. In Okinawa, a Pacific island about a thousand miles from Tokyo. That battle became personal. Japanese strategists knew that if the Americans seized Okinawa, they would have a base suitable to stage an invasion of Japan's mainland. They filled the imaginations of the island's civilians with tales of supposed American atrocities. When the U.S. did invade, thousands of Okinawans reportedly jumped off of cliffs to their deaths to avoid capture. Visitors to the island said that they have heard the beat of footsteps rush by them to the cliffs and have heard screams following that. Some have even said, when you heard the footsteps and simultaneously felt a breeze blow by them at that time. Others believe the presence of spirits passed directly through them as the ghosts reenact their last desperate leaps. Celebs who have had actual ghost encounters don't try and tell these stars that ghosts don't exist because they've seen all the paranormal proof that they believe in. Kristen Stewart, in a 2019 chat with Vanity Fair, the actress opened up about her beliefs. I talk to them, Stewart said, of ghosts. If I'm in a weird small town making a movie and I'm in a strange apartment, I will literally be like, no, please, I cannot deal. Anyone else, but it cannot be me. Who knows what ghosts are, but there is an energy that I'm really sensitive to. So, not just with ghosts, but with people. People stay in rooms all the time. And then there's Helena Bonham Carter, as she prepared to take over Vanessa Kirby's portrayal of Princess Margaret for season three of The Crown. Bonham Carter sought approval straight from the late royal herself with the help of a psychic medium. My main thing when you play someone who is real, you kind of want their blessing because you have a responsibility, Bonham Carter said at the Cheltenham Literature Festival, according to The Guardian. She said, apparently, she was glad it was me. She said, you're better than the other actress that they were thinking of. They will not admit who it was. It was me and somebody else. The star continued, that made me think maybe... She is here, because that is a classic Margaret thing to say. She was really good at complimenting you and putting you down at the same time. Queen Elizabeth's ongoing younger sister, 
also had a word of advice for the actress. Then she said, Get the smoking right. I smoked in a very particular way. The cigarette holder was as much a weapon for the expression as it was for the smoking. Lily Collins, Phil Collins' daughter, the extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile star, believes she received some support from the ghosts, victims of Ted Bundy. While preparing to take on the role of the infamous serial killer's ex-girlfriend, Elizabeth Klopfier, she told The Guardian that she was woken up by flashes of images, like the aftermath of a struggle, every night at 3.05 while filming. I discovered at 3 a.m. is the time when the veil between the realms of the are the thinnest and one can be visited, Collins told the outlet. I didn't feel scared. I felt supported. I felt like people were saying, we are here listening. We're here to support. Thank you for telling our story. Megan Mullally, the Will and Grace star, believes a house she and husband, Nick Offerman, from Parks and Recreation, once lived in, was haunted by the spirit of Nicole Brown Simpson, the wife of former NFL star O.J. Simpson, who was murdered in 1994. It wasn't the same house, but it was on the same property where it had once stood. The house that O.J. Simpson had rented for Nicole Brown Simpson, Mullally said on Busy Tonight. We would have in that house, in the corner of the house, like maybe where the bedroom used to be in the old house, we would have all these sounds and weird things all the time. It would be like, that's Nicole, and she's pissed because Nick doesn't get it. Mutually, Mullally believes the spirit settled down after Offerman watched documentaries and the American Crime Story series about her murder. Ever since then, no more sounds. She said she just needed Nick to understand what had happened. Then there's Kendall Jenner. Wow, the Jenners and the Kardashians are always in the news for some reason. I do believe in ghosts. I don't know if I've ever seen one, but I've experienced some pretty ghosty situations, the model revealed in a Vogue video. According to her, the home of matriarch Kris Jenner is haunted by an otherworldly presence. In the house my mom lives in, Kylie and I would always hear footsteps on the roof while no one was home. She said, Kylie's shower used to turn on all the time, and we never knew why. So yeah, I'm convinced it was a ghost. Then there's Gigi Hadid. I've had a lot of unexplainable things and experiences with the supernatural, Hadid told Vogue. When we were kids, we lived in this really old house, and I was given the attic as my room. We used to hear this weird sound in the closet, and then we asked my dad, and he said, this old lady used to live in the house. Instead of getting freaked out, we would make friends with the spirit. We convinced ourselves, and we would talk to her. We'd be like, girl, we'll bring you some tea. Then there's Chloe Savigny. Years ago, Savigny and a boyfriend spent the night at the Massachusetts house where Lizzie Borden allegedly killed her father and stepmother with an axe in 1892. I kept hearing all these weird moaning sounds and groaning noises, but there wasn't anybody else in the house. It was terrifying. It was pretty early, and my then-boyfriend was like, I have to leave, she told Entertainment Weekly. The eerie experience inspired Savigny to produce the star, 
and star in the Lizzie Borden film in 2018 that reimagined the infamous crime. Dale Earnhardt Jr., this one's interesting, and an episode of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Download, his podcast, Earnhardt Jr., opened up about a strange encounter when the conversation shifted to ghosts and spirits. Earnhardt Jr. recounted, when I wrecked in the Corvette in 2004 in Sonoma and it caught fire, somebody pulled me out of that car. And I thought that it was a corner worker because I felt somebody put their hands under my armpits and pull me out of the car, continued Earnhardt Jr. I didn't get out. I don't have any memory of myself climbing out of that car. And I remember sort of moving like in motion, like going to lean forward and try to climb out of the car. And then something grabbed me under the armpits and pulled me up over the door bars and then let's go of me. And I fell to the ground and there's pictures of me laying on the ground next to the car. I know that when I got to the hospital, I was like, who pulled me out of the car? I got to say thanks to that person because it was a hand. It was physically hands grabbing me. I felt it. And there was nobody there. He said the moment he said would be probably the closest thing to a paranormal encounter that Earnhardt Jr. has experienced, if it's real, of course. Kate Hudson, while appearing on Chatty Man in 2014, Hudson revealed that she and her mom, Goldie Hawn, see dead people. It is not really seeing, it's feeling a spirit, she clarified. A fifth energy. I believe in energy. I believe our brains can manifest into visual things. She's got some... Uh, some good points there. The actress added that she once saw a ghost of a woman with no face and shared some tips for dealing with uh, ghostly situations. When you see something, you are supposed to tell the energy what year it is and that they don't belong there, she said. Please hold for a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Jessica Alba has claimed to have had a terrifying experience with an unseen force when she was a child. I had no idea what it was. I felt this pressure and I couldn't get up. I couldn't scream. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything, she recalled, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Next to my honey-do list is Lori Lenley, or Linny. Initially a skeptic, the actress became a believer after meeting one of the famed ghosts of Broadway's Belasco Theater. It's absolutely haunted, she told James Corden of The Late Late Show, of her former workplace. I was not a believer, and I had been told about the ghosts at the Belasco. There was a mysterious death of a chorus girl at that theater. The legend is that final dress rehearsals, that's when the ghosts come out. I had forgotten this, and I was doing a play with Jane Alexander, and I turned to Jane Alexander, and I looked up to the upper balcony. There are two balconies there, and the upper balcony, you can only get in from the outside, and those doors were locked. I looked up, and there was a woman standing in the front row, looking over with a blue dress and blonde hair. I thought, well, hello. I looked back at Jane and looked up, and she was gone. Claudia Schiffer. While giving architectural digest a tour of her Tudor mansion in England. The supermodel revealed her family shares the home with residents from beyond the grave. We had a medium go around and she told us that actually all the ghosts in this house are lovely. No one needs to be scared. 
So we welcome all the ghosts, basically. According to Schiffer, the ghosts' haunting habits are creepy, but pretty harmless. We hear creaking noises and strange things happen sometimes, like music comes out of nowhere. Emma Stone. During a 2014 appearance on the Late Night Show with David Letterman, Stone revealed that she had an ongoing, beyond-the-grave interaction with her late grandfather. There's a long family history with quarters. My grandfather leaves quarters. It's him. It's absolutely him, she explained. Although Stone never met her grandfather, she insists that she simply knows he is the cause of phantom coins popping up from time to time. Ariana Grande, of course, the singer told Complex when asked if she believed in ghosts and aliens in 2013. She said, I had a ghost demonic experience, she continued. We were in Kansas City a few weeks ago. I can see her waving her ponytail back and forth while retelling the story. And we went to the haunted castle and were so excited. The next night we wanted to go to Stull Cemetery, which is known for one of the seven gates to hell on Earth. I felt sick. Yeah, I feel sick just retelling the story. I'm moving on. Miley Cyrus, this girl's been half-baked since birth. During an interview with LUK, Cyrus detailed her frightening experience with a haunted rental apartment in London. I kind of believe that based on the area that this is said to have happened. It was seriously so terrifying. I was having really crazy dreams and really scary things. And one night, my little sister, it sounds crazy to tell, but she was standing in the shower. And all of a sudden, I hear her scream. I ran in there and the water had somehow flipped to hot, but it was still, it was still like the water had not changed. And then other Disney stars, kid stars such as Selena Gomez, the Hands to Myself singer confessed to her paranormal believer status during a 2015 visit to The Tonight Show. I believe in ghosts, so I have a ghost app. I believe that spirits can tap into technology. Why not, right? Allison Hannigan, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and How I Met Your Mother, said in 2013 to the San Francisco Gate that she shared her California home with an unexpected resident. I have a ghost in my house. I saw him a couple of months ago. I don't think he died there because there's a law in Los Angeles that when you buy a house, if somebody died there, they have to disclose that information. Keanu Reeves. This I completely believe. Dude is like... A spiritual being from another realm anyway. Reeves claims that he saw a ghost as a child living in New York City. I'm probably like six, seven years old. Whoa. We'd come from Australia. Renata. Our nanny in the bedroom. My sister is asleep. She's sitting over there. I'm hanging out. There in the doorway, all of a sudden, this jacket comes waving through the doorway. This empty jacket. There's no body. There's no legs. It's just there. And then it disappears. He explained to Jimmy Kimmel Live. Demi Lovato. Lovato shared that her childhood home in Texas housed a ghost in 2013. She wrote for BuzzFeed. My house in Texas is so ridiculously haunted. Not by a bad spirit, but by a little girl. I think her name is Emily. And then George W. Bush's daughter, Jenna Bush Hager, the former first daughter, believes that the White House, this I completely believe and subscribe to, is home to some mysterious spirits. 
I heard a ghost, she claimed, on The Tonight Show in 2009. I was asleep there by the fireplace in my room, and all of a sudden I heard 1920s music coming out of it. I could feel it. I freaked out and ran into my sister's room. She was like, please go back to sleep. This is ridiculous. And then I'm going to move on to Megan Fox. Yeah, I believe in everything, she says. She told MTV News in 2014. Going on to say that although she has never seen a ghost, she has heard them. I was just in Mexico at my hotel, and it was a bedroom, living room, bedroom deal. I had a pre-ordered breakfast at 7.30, and at 7 a.m., I hear them coming with the table. And I'm like, I didn't want breakfast yet. I hear them pouring the coffee. 30 minutes later at 7.30, I went in there. There was no table, no coffee, no food, nothing. No one there. Then the doorbell rings. I open the door. It's room service with my food. Brandy the nanny comes out later and says, why did room service come at 7 when we told them to come at 7.30? So you can't tell me I'm crazy because two people experienced it. Last but not least, my man, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. While doing press for his 2009 movie, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, which was a loose retelling of a combination of A Christmas Carol meets It's a Wonderful Life. McConaughey shared that his Hollywood home was haunted by a spirit named Madame Bleu. I was not even under the influence, and she was there. She wasn't that happy. It didn't seem like she was going to be much fun to hang around or have in my house. So I went ahead and stood my ground. I opened the door and said, You can move around all you want, but I'm not going anywhere. For weeks, everyone that came to the house said the same thing. There's someone down in that hall. There's somebody down in that hall. The actor went on to say that eventually she stopped getting visits she stopped paying him visits. Madame Blue and his guests fell in love with her former favorite room. Please hold for a word from our sponsor. Elemental spirits. Elementals and elemental kingdom contain such creatures often considered to be mythical, such as fairies, goblins, gnomes, elves, leprechauns, tree people, brownies, undines, mermaids, imps, and sylphs. They are known as elementals because they are made up of the ethers and are ethereal and therefore invisible to most of us. The task of elementals and the elemental kingdom is to look after the nature kingdom. Elementals are earth spirits. They live among plants and animals. They are responsible for the therapeutic effects you feel when outdoors amongst nature, at the beach and sea, all lakes and rivers and parks and nature reserves, national parks and bushland. Elemental spirits possess supernatural powers and are usually invisible to humans living among the trees, rivers, plants, swamps, and mountains. They attach themselves to practically every natural thing. Earthly elements are metaphysical. They are the cause of earthquakes, floods, gales, thunderstorms, and wildfires. More importantly, Earthly elements are responsible for creating, sustaining, and renewing life on Earth. There are known to be four types of elementals. Of course, that would be the Earth, water, fire, and air. 
earth elementals. The type of gnome most frequently seen is the brownie or elf, a mischievous and grotesque little creature from 12 to 18 inches high, usually dressed in green or russet brown. Most of them appear as very aged, often with long white beards, and their figures are inclined to rotundity. They can be seen scampering out of holes in the stumps of trees, and sometimes they vanish by actually dissolving into the tree itself, more commonly known as dwarves or goblins. They are concerned with the products and treasures of the earth. Being of the earth, gnomes usually live in the soil, rocks, beneath the ground, and under tree roots. Gnomes will only help humans if they have been considerate of nature and treated well. They are very helpful to those who have established a connection with them through prior acts of kindness. When working with humans, gnomes are most helpful with healing the bones. The subgroups of earth gnomes consist of brownies, dryads, duradalus earth spirits, elves, hammerdyrads, pans, pygmies, and uh, satires. Water elements, the water spirits, are called undines. They closely resemble humans in appearance and size, except for those inhabiting smaller streams and ponds. They are said to be beautiful, emotional, graceful nature spirits who dress themselves in greenish-blue garb. That it ver It's very shimmering and has a watery texture. Their king is known as Nexka, who they love, of course, and serve and honor unconditionally. Since their purpose is to direct the flow and course of the waters of the planet, they live in coral caves, fountains, lakes, and marshlands, rivers, seas, waterfalls, and underneath lily pads. Besides care caring for plants both above and below the surface of the water, the undines are concerned with the movements of water and how they relate to human emotions and soul responses. The undines are said to be friendly, approachable, and are very willing to work with people and help them. Etheric in nature, they exist within the water itself, and this is why they can't be seen with the normal physical eye. The water undines consist of luminades, mermaids, naiads, oceanid, oreids, potamids, and sea maids. Now, the fire elementals. Salamanders have been seen in the shape of fiery balls or tongues of fire running over the fields or peering in houses. The salamanders are the spirits of fire. They keep us warm and work through the liver, bloodstream, and emotions. Without these beings, fire is said to not exist. You cannot light a match without a salamander being present. Air elementals. The sylphs are the air spirits. Their elements have the highest vibratory rate. They are said to live on the tops of mountains. The leader of the sylphs is a being called Queen Powell Dalma, who is said to dwell on the highest mountain of Earth. They often assume human form, but only for short periods of time. And they are said to be the most beautiful of all of the elementals. The sylphs can have a profound and powerful influence on the human mental body and thought, and they are responsible for being the primary culprit behind both inspirational art and inventions. And that is your basic lesson on elemental spirits. Take it as you will. I found it quite entertaining. A little silly at times, 
but it all depends on your belief system. And now a word from our sponsor. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. The Legends of Stiff. There's a little stretch of road that will lead you to one of the weirdest named towns in the Midwest. It's located just west of Chillicothe, Ohio, and was featured in Randy McNutt's book, Ghosts. The appropriately titled novel from Donald Ray Pollock, Knockamstiff, and in more than one article. Knockamstiff is a true ghost town. There are no main streets, no side streets, no traffic lights. It has virtually been lost in time. It's located near a rural back road intersection. There's no longer a post office, no stores, not even the bar McNutt describes in his book. The people who have remained there to this day didn't move to Knockamstiff, Ohio. They moved to what they so delicately refer to as the country. So many people have asked the same question. How did Knockamstiff get its name? There are a few stories. The most common account is that there was a violent brawl in the town tavern. Another story pertains to a woman who asked her pastor how she could get her cheating husband to stay home. Knock him stiff, he replied. One can't help but wonder how something that someone said during a conversation would become the name of an entire village. There are several hauntings and paranormal occurrences that take place in the knock him stiff area throughout the woods and the backcountry roads. One of these paranormal hotspots is the infamous Devil's Leap. This local ghost story is said to have been located behind the old McComas property. The Leap is a series of cliffs that are haunted by the ghost of a person who committed suicide. They supposedly leapt from the top when they were haunted by the voice of the devil in their head. The legend says that you are supposed to be able to hear them scream as they are still falling. The other yarn is a haunted location called Foggy Moor. The creepiest story out of Knockamstiff is that of the permanently foggy dip in the road known as Foggy Moor. One night, a lady and her daughter were driving home and happened upon a man lying in the road on his side with one hand propping up his head, smoking a cigarette. Instead of getting up and moving, the guy simply floated away, still lying down in that same position. The other creepy location in Knockamstuff is known by the name Donald's Pond. It's not the pond that's haunted so much as the forgotten cemetery behind it, which dates to the early 1700s. Dozens of local reports pertaining to the weird occurrences that have poured out from this location. For example, ghost lights, Native American ghosts, a ghost wolf, UFO sightings, spirits and sprites in the wilderness, possible gnomes, ghouls, and other mythological happenings and entities. 
This is what is seen regularly and talked about by eyewitnesses and the local residents who live near the old cemetery behind Donald's Pond. The story of Lindy Sue is a very chilling tale. She is said to be the ghost of a beautiful girl who wanders the backwoods of Knockhamstiff. The legend says that she was parked with her boyfriend, Clem Slaterson, in a buggy on a bridge over Paint Creek. Some versions of the story refer to the boyfriend as Jason Slatterman, Slatterson. The point of the story is that they were parked and enjoying the beautiful full moon. An eerie silence enveloped the area. Then, without warning, dogs all over the area started howling uncontrollably. No one knew exactly what happened after that. But her body was later found on the bridge. Lindy Sue had been strangled, and the horse was found a couple of days later by a search party, apparently dead from fright. The buggy had been smashed into a dozen pieces, and a huge red mark was on her neck. There it appeared to be teeth marks. However, or whatever killed her, drained her of all of her blood. Clem was never found. Lindy's ghost is said to haunt the area to this day, but Clem has never been heard from. Perhaps he had something to do with her death, or whatever killed Lindy destroyed Clem from all existence. Some locals say that if you park on that bridge at night, you'll hear Lindy Sue crying out in terror from whatever it was that took her life. There are stories of something that lives in the woods around Knockhamstiff and scares the livestock and horses on a regular basis. Some owners have reported that their horses get so spooked by whatever it is that it will not even attempt to cross its path. It has also been said that this unseen evil would visit houses and wake up the homeowners by jumping up and down on the beds. There have been several UFO sightings reported that range from a wide variety of claims. Some say that there were lights in the sky that followed them for over two years and used their field as landing strips and left weird messages in the field and the crops. Other stories have been shared pertaining to triangular-shaped UFOs and bright balls of intense light that move beyond our earthly means faster than what we're accustomed to circular-shaped crafts, and even encounters with alien occupants from within a UFO. There have been stories of creatures that have invaded some homes and roamed the halls, turning the lights off and back on again. They allegedly mumble dark rants as they do this and appear as tiny red humanoids. One person relayed to me, in their own words, a creature growled and howled outside my window when my grandma had her stroke. My personal opinion is this. There are many mysteries within the woods of Knockhamstiff, and there are many more completely weird yarns that have found their way to our local subculture. I have visited this area and have made several attempts to either prove the existence of these local tales or debunk them altogether. In my efforts, the results provide barely any evidence gathered at either site, and literally no one willing to speak with me about these legends. In other words, the ghost town of Knockhamstiff remains true to its reputation. Whether these are merely just urban legends or simply folklore that holds some small level of validity, there is one shining truth to all of this. That truth is that every one of us, regardless of being rich or poor, we are all universally fascinated with the unexplained. This story is called Woman on Fire. For my newest release, Haunted Enough? 
terrifying tales to tell your friends. The old storage sheds along the tracks were abandoned shortly after the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad was built. It wasn't long before the poor residents of the area moved in. The sheds provided a shelter of sort, although the winter wind still pierced through every crevice. Small fireplaces that were constructed did little to keep the cold at bay. A local woman named Jenny lived there alone in one of the smaller sheds. She had fallen on hard times, and with no family to protect her, she was forced to find work where she could and take whatever shelter was available to someone with no money. Jenny never had enough to eat, and during the winter, her tiny fire barely kept her going during the cold months. Jenny still kept her spirits up and appointed herself as a protector to those around her. She would help other folks when they got sick or needed food, sometimes going without food herself so that others could eat. One cold evening, Jenny sat shivering over her fire, drinking broth out of a wooden bowl, when a rough and rogue ember from the fire flew from that and lit her blankets on fire. Intent on filling her aching stomach, Jenny was so weak and tired that she didn't notice her flaming blankets until the fire had burned through the heavy wool of her coat and began to scorch her skin. Jumping up in terror, Jenny threw her broth over the licking flames, but the fluid did nothing to house the fire itself. In terror, Jenny fled from the shack and ran along the train tracks, screaming for help as the flames engulfed her body. The train station was not far from her, and instinctively Jenny made a run for it. She was hoping to find someone, anyone to help her. Within moments, her body was a glowing inferno, and Jenny was overwhelmed with pain. Her screams grew more horrible as her steps slowed. She staggered blindly onto the tracks just west of the station. She had become a ball of fire that barely looked human. In her agony, she did not see the glowing lights of the train coming around the curve or hear the screech of the brakes as the engineer spotted her fire-eaten figure and tried to stop. A moment later, her terrible screams broke off as the train mowed her down. Alerted by the whistle, the crew from the station came running as the engineer halted the train and ran back down the tracks towards poor Jenny, who was still burning and strewn about in many pieces. The men doused the fire and attempted to carry her away, but there was so much of her scattered that it could no longer be classified as a human body. There was no hope for her. She was destitute and dead with nothing to leave behind and no one to claim her. A few days later, a few local people and the crew from the train station pitched in and were able to give her remains, a pauper's funeral. Jenny was buried in an unmarked grave at the local churchyard. Within a few days, another poverty-stricken family had moved into her shack, and soon Jenny was forgotten. Forgotten, that is, until a year later, when a train rounding the same bend west of the station was confronted by a screaming ball of fire. It was too late to stop. The young engineer, who had 
only one week on the job, plowed over the glowing figure before he could bring the train to a screeching halt. Leaping from the engine, he ran back down the tracks to search for a mangled, burning body. But there was nothing there. Shaken, he brought his train into the station and reported the incident to the station master. After hearing his tale, the station master remembered Jenny and realized that her spirit had returned to haunt the tracks where she had met her fate. To this day, the phantom of Jenny still appears on the tracks on the anniversary of the day she died. Many engineers have rounded the curve just west of the station and found themselves face to face with the burning ghost of screaming Jenny as she makes her deadly run towards the Harper's Ferry Station, seeking in vain for someone to save her. The History of Ghost Stories Since ancient times, ghost stories, tales of spirits who return from the dead to haunt the places they left behind, have figured prominently in the folklore of many cultures around the world. A rich subset of these tales involve historical figures ranging from queens and politicians to riders and gangsters many of whom died early, violent, or mysterious deaths. Well, you may ask, what is a ghost? The concept of a ghost, also known as a specter, is based on the ancient idea that a person's spirit exists separately from his or her body and may continue to exist after that person dies. Because of this idea, many societies began to use funeral rituals as a way of ensuring that the dead person's spirit would not return to haunt the living. Did you know that the notorious mobster Al Capone has reportedly appeared to disrespectful visitors at his funeral plot in an Illinois cemetery? Spectral banjo music has supposedly been heard coming from inside Capone's old cell at Alcatraz, where he was one of the first inmates. Places that are haunted are usually believed to be associated with some occurrences or emotion in the ghost's past. They are often a former home or a place where he or she died. Aside from actual ghostly apparitions, traditional signs of hauntings range from strange noises, lights, odors, or breezes, to the displacement of objects, bells that ring spontaneously, or musical instruments that seem to play on their own. Early ghost sightings in the 1st century AD, the great Roman author, statesman Pliny, the younger recorded one of the first notable ghost stories in his letters, which became famous for their vivid account of life during the heyday of the Roman Empire. Pliny reported that the specter of an old man with a long beard rattling chains was haunting his house in Athens. The Greek writer Lucian and Pliny's, Pliny's fellow Roman Platius also wrote mem memorable ghost stories. Centuries later, in A56 ED, the first poltergeist, a ghost that causes physical disturbances such as loud noises or objects falling or being thrown around, was reported at a farmhouse in Germany. The poltergeist tormented the family living there by throwing stones and starting fires, among other things. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. British athletes claim sex ghost is haunting their reality TV show. Well, that's one way to scare up publicity. 
Two British athletes starring on a reality show are claiming that a sex ghost seems to be haunting their hotel rooms. British Paralympian Kadena Cox and retired rugby star Gareth Thomas are two of the celebrities competing in The Jump, a British show where famous people compete in various snow sports. A ski jump with the stars, if you will. This season's first episode aired Sunday on the Channel 4 network. But the show is scaring up more attention for what's happening to the celebrities' hotel rooms. During the episode, the 25-year-old Cox reportedly asked for a new room after allegedly being sexually violated by a ghost. Another competing celebrity, Emma Parker Bowles, the Duchess of Cornwall's niece, said on the show that Cox was penetrated by some sort of paranormal entity. Thomas, 42, concurred. She had a ghost going in and out of her. She had a sleep thing, she said, according to the sun. She wishes it were a person. It was going in and out of her body. The feeling was apparently so real to her, she asked for a room change, as did Thomas. I wanted to move to different floors because when I'm hearing these ghost stories, I was at the very, very end of the corridor and I got scared, he said, according to the Express. Cox and Thomas are just the latest semi-famous people who've claimed to have had ghost sex. Last year, Bobby Brown promoted his autobiography by claiming a ghost had sex with him. It wasn't, uh, he said he wasn't high, Brown told 2020. I wasn't tripping. In September of 2012, Kesha told Ryan Seacrest her song Supernatural was inspired by a Randy romp with a male ghost. It's about experiences with the supernatural, but in a sexy way, she told Seacrest. I had a couple of experiences with the supernatural. I don't know his name. He was a ghost, and I'm very open to it. The concept of ghost sex arouses a lot of interest. <laughs> arouses, that's a good word. And there are some people, um, spectrophiliacs, who fantasize about spooky encounters. Debunkers, however, are quick to dismiss Ghost on Human Whoopee. Ben Radford, the deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer magazine, calls such experiences hypnopomic and hypnagogic hallucinations. These vivid hallucinations, which can be sexual, are common to people who are going in and out of sleep. They are also usually harmless, Radford said in 2014, in the article for Seeker.com. A British woman who claimed to uh, have, that she's had sex with at least 20 ghosts, says she's now engaged and prepared to be married to a poltergeist. Last December, I shared a short story with you that was shared with me from British TV show ITV this morning. She apparently cheated on her fiance with a ghost originally and has since gone on to have supernatural affairs with at least 20 paranormal beings, according to this source. Well, now she says she's found true love with an apparition. Realm said the ghost asked her to get married during a trip to celebrate their nine-month relationship at England's Wookiee Hole Caves. Wookiee Hole. Sounds interesting. According to The Sun, there was, not going, uh, there was no going down on one knee. He doesn't have knees, she says. But for the first time, I heard him speak. She told the son, I could actually hear his voice, and it was beautiful, deep, sexy, and real. 
The 30-year-old said she met her spooky match, who doesn't have a name, during a work trip to Australia in February of 2018. I'd not had a phantom fling for a while, and I was away on business all the time. Starting a new relationship was the last thing on my mind, the Bristol-based spiritual counselor told the son. Then one day, while I was walking through the bush, enjoying nature, I suddenly felt this incredible energy. A new lover had arrived, Realm said. Her friends and family have embraced her unusual engagement, and now she is planning her big day in a pagan ceremony. We haven't discussed the details yet, but I think it will be quite a big to-do, she said. However, the couple has already had sex on the plane back from Australia when they first met. I don't know if that would be a Mile High Club thing or they just happened right there in the seat in front of everyone, but I hope there were no children present. I was happy and excited, so excited that we had to do something, she said. So we <coughs> headed the plane low and, uh, well, I am now a member of the Mile High Club. The bride-to-be added this that the engagement is much more satisfying than her previous living fiancé. Sorry, I got choked up a second ago. This is just too unbelievable for words. Sometimes I get the feeling that I'm being moved, she said. Orgasms I have with my spirit lovers have been way more satisfying than any I've had with ordinary men. And now a word from our sponsor. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me, it's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. That's the end, my only friend. The end. Have a great rest of the week. Terrific weekend. Stay warm because the temperatures are dropping.